Welcome to the Workbrand Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and theworkbrand.com. Hi there, and welcome to the first episode of Talkin' Hawk. Uh, my name is Christian, and I'm here with theworkprint.com, and with me today is author Victor Catano. Victor, you want to say hi and introduce yourself? Hey, bro. How goes, bro? <laughs> uh, Victor, what do you do that would make people interested in yourself, I guess? And uh, I am an urban fantasy author. I've written a couple of books that are available on Amazon.com, and I'm also a lifelong Marvel fan, so I'm very excited to talk about Hawkeye today, Woo! and this series in particular. Yes, awesome, because, like, um, Hawkeye's one, it's, like, the last of the uh, Disney Plus promises uh, from, like, last year, among, like, all these shows, uh, you know, WandaVision and Loki, and, and, like, Hawkeye was, like, the very last one that was even being filmed, I think, when they made all these announcements, and now it's here, and it's, it's like, it's debuted, it's based on the comics, and, uh, I don't know, so far, the reception's been, like, pretty, it's, like, good, it's not, like, yeah outstanding but it's not like terrible either and Which, to be honest surprising I, because i think yeah. it's a really great show honestly this is like my i think my second favorite marvel show of all the ones that come out last year really like i think only wandavision i like more because it's ambitious but i just think i like this story a lot because of the scope of it like it's so much it's not trying to be like we're saving the world or saving the multiverse it's like this is a small story we're going to tell set in a small location and it knows what it wants to do and it's doing it so far and i think it's doing it really well no, I totally agree, and I I do like that. I think a lot of outlets have commented that, like, with the exception of Daredevil, this is like the most grounded Marvel show that they've had since like the early MCU days. And I I do agree yeah. uh, with that comment because, like, it takes place in New York City. It's Christmas. It's a very simple like origin story that that as you said doesn't get too complicated. We don't have to save the world. It's just the introduction of uh, Kate Bishop and well, of course of Hawkeye, uh, Clint as well. But um, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a really cool. It's uh, based on uh, the comics. Uh, what is it? Um, yes, uh, the uh, the Matt Fraction uh, Dave Aha run on Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, not entirely. Not it's not a one to one based on that, but it's drawn heavily from that in terms of the, even in the graphic design of the uh, credits. Oh, 100%. Like, the credits were immediately noticeable as well. Um, and but for some reason, this run seems to be very popular. Could you talk a little bit about that, and then we'll just delve right into the show and what our thoughts are on it. Yeah, because, I mean, Hawkeye's always been, at least for me, like, just, like, the Ringo of the Avengers, pretty much. He's just the kind that's kind of <laughs> yeah. there and and does stuff occasionally. He's never really been, like, the main draw of it. Um, But the series, that the, the Fraction series, is really more like, hey, let's get into Hawkeye a bit and, like, what's it like to be a regular guy in the Avengers? What's it like to be like the regular guy having regular problems when you deal with, you know, men that are gods and wearing super suits all the time and have superpowers? What's it like to be like the guy who shoots, you know, have a stick with a string on it and that's your power pretty much. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I, I do love that. Uh, it, it, because of that, it feels more grounded because he is very much that. Oh, in yeah. fact, that's kind of overwhelming in the, uh, in the show. And they, I thought they captured that well. And I don't know if that's from the, uh, that's from the comics, or if it's from like just the show's the show's interpretation of like Hawkeye living in this larger than life like persona that he's really not accustomed to. Yeah, um, I think it's a little yeah. of both because in the comic is, is a lot of that too. It's him getting banged up a lot and like being hurt a lot. <laughs> the first issue of the Hawkeye comic, which I just reread, mm-hmm. has him doing like that same falling off the building and shooting the arrow grappling hook to catch on and swing somewhere. 
and it going wrong and falling into a car and breaking his pelvis, and that's the opening of the comic book. So it's him, like, getting banged up all the time and having to deal with his injuries and, you know, dealing with, like, low-level threats like the tracksuit mafia and stuff, and very much just trying to, like, muddle through things. <laughs> He's just like, I, I'm, I'm human, I'm broken, yeah. I, I break easily, like, just trying and, to survive. And this is the most I've liked Jeremy Renner in the role of Hawkeye so far in all the movies. I mean... This is Hawkeye being as, like, over at Hawkeye rather than kind of, like, brooding Hawkeye. And I think this works much better for Jeremy Renner to be, like, the uh, exasperated rather than sulking, you know? No, this this works great because you're, like, I think one of the themes that they pivot is to, like, Hawkeye is very much a chill, you know, very composed archer who just seems to be on the money because, you know, he's Hawkeye. He always, like... Else's things, but like in this case, it's like, oh, he's got the family that he's struggling yeah. with. He, he's broken. He's, he's got hearing problems. I, I like that they introduced the hearing aid thing. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, cool. They're really giving him those human flaws uh, compared to everybody else. But yeah, and it's, and it's really great, like how you really can see how uncomfortable he's being, like semi-famous, even yeah. though he's not like the most recognizable Avenger. People still recognize him because he's been on the TV and you know saving New York City and everything. He's just like. Yeah, it's just something I did. I just I just want to have some some chops with my family here, and that that's that's all. <laughs> I love that he just used it as like a job. Yeah. Um, I will. All right, so uh, we'll we can just jump between the first and third, like the first three episodes in sure, general, because sure. uh, I honestly can't remember what happened specifically in episodes one, <laughs> two, and three. But uh, and anyone listening to this, I assume has listened to, or watched all all of them so far. Um, Let's start with the, the musical, the Steve <laughs> Rogers musical, since you're somebody who comes from theater. Yes. Uh, what were your thoughts on that and their their whole approach to everything? With the, oh, I thought that was great. I mean, the only, yeah. the only note I have on the musical is that the Broadway show would not have put a guy in a green hoodie and said, there's your Hulk costume. <laughs> they would have done something better than that. <laughs> that was great because it was like, well, you'd expect Hulk to be like a large set piece, but it was just... Yeah. <laughs> it's like, nope, guy in a hoodie. It's like, oh, is he Banksy playing the Hulk right now? What's going on? <laughs> Especially when they had like everyone else in costume and then there's green hoodie is the Hulk. But yeah, no, I thought the, it was a really fun show to watch. I would totally go see that on Broadway if it was open right now. I would absolutely Same. pay money to see that. Um, yeah, and I did like the big refrain at the end, the I can do it all day. <laughs> Just tie it all in together. <laughs> oh, easily one of the funniest uh, moments. And I think it's because they, they know how to drive like meta humor. And they always have in Marvel, yeah. but like this was a little bit different in the sense that you can kind of see the celebrity of the Avengers, which yeah. I think they really didn't uh, touch on until now. Yeah, like really only if like the Iron Man movies touch on that a bit because Tony Stark's already semi famous and now that he's a superhero as well, becomes like, you know. If Elon Musk had some kind of superpowers, got kind of level of self-tweeting about it, you know. <laughs> Superpower is the ability to tweet. Yeah, it's just like, it, it's got kind of self-promotion for Tony Stark. But you know, I mean, even from Captain America, it doesn't really seem like the guy he'd go out there and, like, promote himself heavily. He just kind of would do it. But, yeah. you know, the other Avengers, like Tony Stark for sure, you get that with him. But the other characters are like, eh. I love how he's just like, wait, wait, Ant-Man wasn't even here. <laughs> 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 They're just like throwing them all in there because it's the Avengers. Um, all right, so uh, all right, let's let's talk on the big topic for for this sure. series, which is very much the introduction of Kate Bishop, who has become one of my favorite Avengers, even though I've barely read and followed anything about her until this year. Yeah. Um, so, what are your thoughts on Haley Steinfeld's Kate and the character so far? Um, I like it. I mean, I've only really known her from like again the couple appearances in the Matt Fraction comic. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's she's very endearing here, and it's, I I like the background where she's kind of like trying to trying to be very hard to be like the Avenger, not quite getting there. 
her in terms of her <laughs> doing stuff. Like she really wants to do well and she really wants to be this hero, but she's like not quite getting it right, which is very yeah. fun to watch. Same. I, I, I like it because it, you can see the uh, mentor-mentee relationship that's budding. And uh, and yeah, like it's funny because she, she has the wealth. She has a ridiculous amount of skill. She's an incredible archer herself. She, she's incredibly talented, but because she's still kind of a kid, I think yeah. that's kind of her uh, her quote unquote uh, weakness or flaw. You want to if you want to call it that. Yeah, cockiness. Um, I think they've mentioned it a couple times in the series. Yeah, you're really cocky. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that though, because there's like this weird awkward self assuredness. Like it'd be one thing if she was like cocky and like great at everything. Yeah. But because she still screws up and is incredibly awkward. Yeah, it's like and she's and, like yeah. the first Sam you see her like with the arrows when she's at the shooting the bell tower. Yeah. And it's like. She makes this great shot, but at the same time, the great shot causes the building to collapse on itself. So it's kind of like she's really good, but doesn't think about, you know, past the moment, which is kind of the whole character arc for her right now. I, and I love that about her. She, I, She's easily one of my favorite new Avengers, I think. And like yeah. it's the, just the beginning, so I can't wait to see what they do with Kate. I mean, um, and that's, that's pretty common for her characters in movies. Like a lot of times, like her first appearance was in True Grit, when she had the same kind of relationship with like um, Jeff Bridges in that movie. It's like mm-hmm. young, very gung-ho kid trying to get something done and then an over it you know mentor who has kind of stuck with her <laughs> oh so it's almost the same thing like that <laughs> she does that kind of character a lot like the the try hard who's not quite getting there yet so it's the same kind of thing even in the pitch perfect movie she does the same kind of character yeah she's yeah. like a gung-ho young singer in pitch perfect and the other ones are like saying pump the brakes a bit kid <laughs> well the spider gwen she's you know there she's yeah. kind of oh, badass. that's true yeah yeah I don't know. I don't. Like, Spider Gwen she's more competent, I think, than yeah. Bishop does at this point. But uh, and she's oh, she's the voice of uh, V in the new Arcane series. Oh yes. Yeah. So like she she's confident there too. She yeah. Doesn't have a meant. She's kind of her own person. There. I don't know. I'm digging her career right now, Haley Steinfeld. Yeah. So I've become a Haley Steinfeld fanboy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like um, the Kate, yeah, the Kate character is really cool. Um, comes from a troubled family. Let's talk into the what is it? Securities. Uh, Bishop, Bishop, Se- Securities? Bishop Security. Yeah. Yeah. Was that in the comics or was there something? I'm, I'm not sure. Show? I don't know. Okay. I don't remember that much about all the details. Like I don't know much about her family aside from her in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to go do some deep diving on it. I think, but yeah, I'm not familiar with that part of it so much. Okay, because like it, it, it seems like an interesting story. It seems like it's a family. This whole thing is very family oriented, um, yeah. Because it's Christmas and it kind of makes sense. And I do uh, like that her mom's involved in some shady stuff, and her her fiance, her mom's fiance, is involved in shady stuff. So it's going to be this whole kind of sure heading if... towards this reveal coming on episode five or six of what the Stanley's into. Exactly, and I was going to ask you, do you know who her uh, that love her potential her mom's love interest potential stepfather person is yeah Armand or no is Armand's he in, father but yeah is he like in the comics is he a, is, is he is he super villain is I guess what I'm asking yeah I don't remember sorry yeah. I don't remember the, that family part of it so much that's okay because I'm like I'm just like all right it's obvious that he knows fencing it's obvious that he's being introduced as somebody evil and his dad obviously was a bad person otherwise yep. they wouldn't be looking into the Ronin outfit right. um speaking of which what are your thoughts on the Ronin stuff and how they incorporate it into the series and how it's the thread that ties this together weirdly I mean I was not a big fan of the Ronin stuff in the Avengers movie mm-hmm. honestly because I know it's a comic thing I know that you know Hawkeye does that but it's just one of those things like, eh, it seems like they were really trying hard to give Hawkeye a redemption arc in Avengers. Like, I, of all the things, and I liked the Avengers Endgame and Infinity War a lot. But mm-hmm. the part about Endgame I liked the least was, like, Hawkeye's character and his yeah. journey in there. Because I didn't really think the Ronin stuff worked for me so well. 
I mean, if you want to turn him into... He's, we already established that Hawkeye is like a, you know, a deep cover CIA operative from before. So it was obviously he's killed people before. Mm-hmm. So I, the whole thing of like him being like this traumatized man going on killing a giant killing sprees didn't really land for me in the movie so much. They didn't do enough with him to kind of build that arc up. Mm-hmm. And then the whole thing with Black Widow in the movie is like, eh, I don't think anybody would rather have seen him <laughs> live than Black Widow live. So, you know, there's that whole part of it too. 100%. Um, so yeah, that that was not a huge thing for me in the movie. But it was interesting that, you know, they're making it more here because of course the underworld will be more into, you know, Ronan because he attacked the underworld so relentlessly. Mm-hmm. But again, we didn't really focus on that in the movie because they're focusing more on like, you know, Thanos and restoring the universe kind of stuff. Yeah, so this was definitely a way for them to try to address that. Yeah. And I guess their answer was the tracksuit mafia, but um like it it is something that is kind of weird cuz the the running character is loved by a lot of comic fans, but I've never actually mm-hmm. read the yeah. comics myself, so I don't really know. Um I mean, and, the sword is cool. I'll give you the sword being cool, the retractable sword. Yeah, well, I'm all yeah. in for the retractable sword, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of the MCU, I do agree. Like, this, Hawkeye has always been kind of the weakest character, which is why, like, they this was supposed to be, like, a really good, you know, showing his persona, showing the, you know, the sides of Hawkeye that we never really got in the movies. Um, yeah. But it's really been the Kate story, honestly. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of funny, like, his Hawkeye's family, like, poor Linda Cardinelli is probably the the lead, the most underwritten role in the entire MCU. Because yeah. She has no character other than, like, long-suffering wife. That could be her entire character name is long-suffering wife, and that's it. And she's been in, like, three of the Avengers movies, and that's still all you know about Linda Cardinelli's character is long-suffering wife, and yeah, that's you know, it. Yeah, it would be cool if they actually did, like, something with her and the Hawkeye, like, having their own, like, side story. But this is very much Kate's story, yeah. it seems, like they're trying to do, at least. Um, and there's a few moments there where it's like she seems to know the deal and she understands more than she thinks she lets on because she says, like, so how long you be? What's the deal? You know, this in episode two, I think she kind of talks to him about what, what's going on and what she's going to do. And, oh, doing the old draw out routine. All right, well, take care, that kind of thing. It's like, oh, we've been through this multiple yeah. times before. So there's a hint there that she's doing more with it. But, I mean, the, the she's a great, she's a really fun actress, especially comedically, and she's not given a lot to do in this series or movies. So I wish she'd use her a little more. Maybe they will on the back end of the series, but hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. And it, it's weird, because like, it's the same way I felt with Natalie Portman in the, in the MCU franchise. Oh, yeah. Although now she's going to be Thor's, or th- we, we're assuming it's Lady Thor. It's implied, but yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, like I don't know. Marvel always does this sometimes with some of their actresses. Which is weird, because they're introducing a whole slew of them now. And I'm yeah. like, well, what about the people who've been here for like yeah. years? <laughs> I mean, um, even Glenn Close in Guardians of the Galaxy had more screen time than Linda Cardinelli in three Avengers movies. So. <laughs> Uh, she had like six lines total, I think, in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, all right. So, what are your thoughts on um, the Hawkeye Christmas theme so far? <laughs> Meaning, like the Christmas setting in in New York City. Oh, uh, I think it's this. great because I love New York at Christmas. It's one of the best times of the year because the lights are up. It's pretty, and now we're gonna have mayhem happening, and it's it'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like the whole Broadway play thing was a part of it, and the whole setting with the Christmas tree. There's just so much Christmas aesthetics, and you can see it in the tone here. Um, I don't know. I I just thought it was really fascinating that he wanted to do like, all right, we're gonna do like a family family Christmas thing uh, while we can, and then of course something chaotic happens. Yeah, and it's yeah. I mean, I, it's just 
I like the idea of like Hawkeye, and it's always a fun idea of like, oh, here's Hawkeye he's trying to have a nice Christmas and make gingerbread houses and wear ugly sweaters and all that kind of stuff. And nope, not yet, but <laughs> it's just a nice counterpoint. <laughs> totally, and they've they've pivoted hard on the uh, on the the family. Uh yeah, so the Barton family and yeah. like the the siblings and everything. Uh, speaking of which, what are your thoughts on? Because we talked about Linda, we talked about like the Christmas yeah. things. What are your thoughts on the family dynamic and and the kids with uh, with Clint? Uh, the, the kids are nice. The daughter, the older daughter, is uh is very sweet and like the whole like very worried about dad the whole time is very nice. I like that part of it. Same, yeah. They really continued her her uh, her thread line, and also it's yeah. the same actress from uh, the. Oh Avengers. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, they've done that a couple times. Like, just keep the kid actors around from plus movies, like, like in the Avengers Endgame, they had the kid from Iron Man three show up at uh, Tony Stark's funeral. Yeah, and yeah. it's the same kid just aged up. So we're like, who is that guy? And then you Google him, it's like, oh, that's the same kid. Okay, that's nice. <laughs> It'd be cool too if they end up picking up the mantle. But like, let's see what happens. I, yeah. I don't know at this point. Marvel MCU is kind of going in so many directions, <laughs> and when you add multiverse, it's just like oh geez, yeah, you can do anything basically <laughs> at this point. Yeah, yeah it's um, one of those things where they're trying to, I think, like take the parts of the MCU movies that work and mash it with parts of the comics that are popular, without trying to retcon everything. Because in the comics, you know, Clint's not married or doesn't have like four kids, at least in the ones that I've read. Yeah, yeah. So they're trying to make that storyline work with married Hawkeye with a big family off in Pennsylvania somewhere at his farm, you know? Yeah. It's very much the, all right, we're going to Disney your storyline. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to take this part that works and this part that works and put them together and, you know, make something out of it, you know? And make something family-friendly so we can yeah. get all the right demographics. <laughs> um, yeah, I was a little surprised when the daughter said, movie marathon night, Dad, aren't you coming back? We're going to watch Home Sweet Home Alone on Disney+, Plus, exclusively on Disney+. Plus." <laughs> <laughs> self-promotion right um yeah 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 it's it's uh it is very disney um this whole series like is very much them trying to do the family friendly everything and i get it it's it's the point of the platform but i'm also yeah. at the same time like i don't know how many of these i can take <laughs> uh all right so let's let's focus on uh kate and clint's relationship what sure. are your, what are your thoughts on um him sort of begrudgingly taking on playing mentor to this person because she keeps getting into trouble <laughs> because of her, you know. You know I, I think it's 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 part of the character. Like, it's Hawkeye's gruffness is kind of like the reluctant mentor, and that's such a common trope, but it's always a fun trope to watch. Mm -hmm. You know, you see that a lot of times. Like, even in the last Star Wars ones, like, like Last Jedi, Luke being reluctant mentor to Rey and stuff. And... I enjoy that one. It's like the gruff breaking down of like, uh, I got, I don't want to help you, but I guess I'm going to because <laughs> Hawkeye could just walk away at any time and not care about it. You know, he could very well do that and not like, well, someone else is going to be Ronin now, not me. I'm out of here. I'm going to eat gingerbread, you know, but he doesn't <laughs> do that because he's fundament fundamentally a decent person despite being, you know, involved in the CIA or whatever, shield, you know, black ops for years. He still has a good heart. It's kind of what they're getting across. So you can't just leave some... 18-year-old girl to fend for herself with mafia and and uh, deaf ninjas and stuff like that, so we have to go take care of that. Yeah, that's a, that's the thing, like, even though I'm enjoying their journey, I don't know, like, the big bad in this one. I guess it's gonna be Kate's family. Uh, probably gonna be Kate's family, but if you watch the last one, I think they're setting up Kingpin as well, and that's, like, a common oh. thread. Oh, can you can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I well, if you saw on the, the episode three, so we have the... Um, the head of the tracksuit mafia, the the deaf girl, who I 
Maya. Maya, yeah. And there's the prologue scene where she's with her dad, and I'm leaving with your uncle, and then you see, like, the hand come in, and it certainly sounded like, to me, Vincent D'Onofrio saying, hey, how's it going? Or, come oh. with me. And then you cut to the next scene where the headquarters is at Fat Man Towing or Fat Man Auto or something like that. Oh, you found some Easter eggs so I didn't there, catch. A, I think they're setting that up, and just based on some reading of home poking around I did after watching it, there's like, oh yeah. So in the comic books, Maya's character, aka Echo, who's can imitate your fighting style, her Ooh. uncle is Wilson Fisk in the comic book. So if they keep that thread, and if they bring in, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio from the Daredevil series as Kingpin, I'll be very happy with that because he was a really good Kingpin in the Daredevil Same. series. Same, and they are trying to revive it to some extent, I hear. So, I mean, yeah, we've all heard those rumors of Matt Murdock's going to be Spider-Man's lawyer in the new Spider-Man movie. It's like, okay, sure, maybe we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Charlie Cox is confirmed to be on it or something. It's like, okay, that's cool, great, I love it. I mean, they it's been three years, so like all the uh, Netflix series could technically go to uh, to Disney now if they really yeah. want to. I mean, potentially. I mean, I know they were they were cast a lot darker than I think the Disney series wanted to be cast at. So I mean, that's mm-hmm. interesting if they want to how they want to m- merge that in, because I don't see the Disney series doing like a ten minute brutally violent hallway fight scene like Daredevil had. But again, who knows? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like they they're they are doing an adult Disney Plus uh, product of some sort. We don't really know much about it, but it wouldn't surprise me if. They decided to go down that route if they decide to pick it up, but we'll we'll see. Um, uh, and also, like I think, because it, it, unanimously, uh, Daredevil, I think, would be an easy pickup uh, in terms of like material. But I think they would drop certain Netflix titles. Yeah, just 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 want to Iron Fist. I just I don't think they really have any interest to revive that. No, series. we have Shang Chi now. We're not going to do Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just like yeah. There's some some things deserve to just stay buried. <laughs> yeah, that was always. I don't think I've even watched any more any of the Iron Fist ones. I was like yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, <laughs> oh, they're they're royally uh, royally bad. Uh, not ever, it's just it's just the main character from Game of Thrones. I I, I can't remember Flynn something something. Um, yeah, yeah. I, he was unanimously disliked, which is weird because. <laughs> I liked his, I liked him as Loris in Game of Thrones, but yeah, he doesn't have the range. Um, I mean, yeah, everyone seemed to agree that was that was like the one you could skip a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, the def- the defenders was so awful too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Daredevil was dope though. I like Punisher a lot. Um, oh yeah. Uh, anyway, so Hawkeye. Um, Maya uses sign language. There's a lot of sign language here. Did you catch that? Do you think yeah. there's going to be any sort of implication without that? Um, I don't know. I mean, they're starting to do a little thing with, like, they were doing that thing with uh, Clint because it was hearing a, you know, you're relying on technology too much and, you know, you should you should sign and not have to have to rely on this. So they're going to develop that one a little more later on, that kind of metaphor. Because mm-hmm. then they go into that big chase scene where he uses his technologically enhanced trick arrows to kind of defeat them. So I don't know if they're trying to build a metaphor out from that or it's just a cool fight scene cause that I was think fun. it's totally a metaphor I think you're spot on and then uh, even earlier he was doing sign language with one of his sons which was weird because it's like why, why is he doing that Yeah. and now you're kind of seeing the thread pull together yeah there's going to be a moment where he's like blind or something and he's yeah. going to have to shoot with his like hearing <laughs> I, I, just calling it now yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah the, uh, the trick arrow scene was really cool yeah um, I mean, that um, was a really inventive chase scene. I quite like that, going through the Christmas tree lot and everything, and then the uh, the Pym particle arrow was great. That was a that was great. Yeah, my favorite was the uh, the suction cup. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, what's the point of this? Like, oh, like, I get it now. <laughs> yeah, 
And that's very much that was a fun way of using the like mentor mentee uh, and, learning and the, as you the go. USB arrow was like, what is this for? Exactly. <laughs> and I can't even imagine what that's for. Like, you know, shoot into a computer from across a room or something. I have no idea what that would do for you. I think that is it. Like, because I, I um we had it in um in what if I think right? They had oh, the uh, <laughs> USB. Arrow. I must have missed that one. I don't think I saw the what ifs yet. <laughs> It was just like, what? Because, you know, he has the arrow for everything. Kind of like Green Arrow. But, yeah, it was very funny. And, like, also just uh, silly in a way. Because the, the the big goop arrow, there's just, like, all these random Because yeah. that reminded me, there was, like, a, a Mike Grill Green Arrow, like, years ago, where they're talking about the boxing glove arrow that Green Arrow had at one point. And he was like, it's a yeah, pain yeah. in the ass to balance. It doesn't really do a lot, but it's kind of fun. <laughs> Uh, I like um, the explosive arrow because when she shot that, like they were just like that. That's not. That's like your fourth least or strongest. <laughs> that's your fourth most. Dangerous also, one. just occurred to me that car blew up. They probably killed some people by accident. But okay, <laughs> we're just gonna ignore that Kate murdered some people. We're just gonna pretend like that didn't happen. You know, they're uh, just the tracksuit mafia. There's a bunch more from Brighton Beach where they came from, so it's all right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. Was there anything else about episode three or like the series so far that you want to talk about? Because I'm kind of, I think that's kind of all I had. I mean, again, like I really enjoy that they're just focusing on like a smaller story here. Like this is the problem I have with some superhero films in that they always try and do like a world defining event or a global catastrophe event. And the superheroes involved don't always necessitate that. Um, Like in the first Suicide Squad is particularly, I'm just thinking deep going to jump to DC where they're trying to save the world from this giant threat and they have, you know, guy who can shoot good and crazy girl with a bat and that's your team going to defeat them and it's like there's no reason you would ask them to do that in any case Mm -hmm. but so in a film like this where it's like guy with arrows and girl with arrows they're fighting like local mafia and that's a much more appropriate level of threat to deal with Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I find that more compelling to watch so like we're not going to have this would not be the film to introduce Galactus into, for example. <laughs> be very surprising if they did, but yeah. I mean, it would be. I'd be like, oh, there's a twist in episode five. Galactus is here. Ah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it knows the kind of film it is. It wants to be like a, a very much like a caper kind of you know action film, and not, you know, global geopolitics of the Falcon Winter Soldier series. This is not multiverse introducing like Loki. It's it knows exactly what it's trying to be. Like I've had this thought like especially the last two, like with Loki and with Captain America, the Winter Soldier and Falcon series. Mm-hmm. Like about this point in the series, I'm like, what are they trying to do? Like, where is this show going? What are they trying to do in this show? Because I've always, the last two I found, especially they didn't seem to me, they know what they wanted the end game to be of the series. Like it's kind of been one way, then pivoted, then went another way. Like, oh, so this is Loki going to be doing like purgatory in the time variance? Oh no, now he's going to be leaving. Now he's going to be hooking up with uh, female Loki. What's what's the story they want to tell here? And same with Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's like, well, so now we're dealing with geopolitics of this, you know, dissident splinter group that's trying to blow things up. And now there's super soldiers, and it seemed very like not quite clear on what they wanted to do with the storyline. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. this seems like a lot more focused. It's like, this knows exactly, you know, we're doing this one story. Clint's trying to get home to his family. He can't because he got to deal with stuff in New York because the mob's after him. And he's got to help this uh, gung ho girl. Who's not quite knows what she's doing yet and figure that out. And it's like very much, it's like playing trains and automobiles crossed with some superhero stuff. And that's a much more fun story to tell for this series. 
hundred percent agree. And I do like that because it's more uh, straightforward. There's, you can see uh, the intention here. Um, I think it's just a lot more fun. Yeah, um, absolutely. Need... I'm not worried about. And then no one's trying to fit in like Mephisto in this series. No one's trying to yeah. fit in. I don't have to sit through six weeks of Mephisto coming in this series. Is this the one? It's like no. Stop with Mephisto theories. I don't want to hear anymore. <laughs> yeah, because I hundred percent agree. The Disney Plus series so far have really gone out of their way to be like we're different. We're trying to like show this like different side of the MCU. Yeah, if you don't watch this, you won't be able to follow the eight movies after this. It's all tied together. This is like this could stand alone and not worry about it so far. I mean exactly. unless it radically changes in the next couple episodes. This is not like you have to watch Hawkeye, you won't understand, you know, the next Avengers series or anything like that. Yeah. Like whereas yeah. like WandaVision is like you don't watch WandaVision, you won't understand Doctor Strange next spring or something like that, you know. Yeah, or even Spider I feel like Spider Man's gonna tie to WandaVision, but we'll yeah. see. Um and like again, I, I get the staying power. I like that it's all set in the universe, kind of like the you know the comic series. But it's just it does hit a point where it's like we need to, we kind of need like small reboots. I do worry that they're gonna do like a whole universe reset where the timelines just like an entirely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know at this point they have like they're twenty five films into the MCU, so it's kind of daunting if you're coming to this new. It's like, well, where do I start? It's like, well. What you got a spare sixty-five hours this week? You can watch all twenty-five movies or so if you want. It's like no, it's better to have a couple smaller entry points you can get in and not have to know everything about the series. Yeah, I mean, I do because I've watched these films for like God since two thousand eight or whenever they first started coming out, and I've seen them all in theaters. But you know, that's not everybody's case. Some people just come to this fresh and want to know what's going on without having to invest a thousand hours of time. No, hundred percent, and it's it's funny that uh, like it's gotten here, and it's 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 even more surprising because between the TV and like the movies that are coming up, it's just getting bigger. Yeah, I feel like it's like a lot of the Disney IP, but um, that's a different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but, like Disney, you're just becoming this massive empire. <laughs> you are the Death Star. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, final thoughts on Hawkeye and where you hope the series is going, and then we'll just sign off. I mean, I hope it keeps doing what it's doing. I really hope it just stays, like, compact and, like, grounded. I like the grounded stuff a lot. Like, that's why I like Daredevil so much mm-hmm. when it was focusing on, like, the uh, the small-scale stories. Um, we don't need to have every Marvel thing be about, you know, stopping a galaxy-eating villain. It can be smaller things, which is great. That's what I like about the comics. It can be scale of stories. Mm-hmm. And I like that it's fixing one that's appropriate. And I just hope it keeps going with that. I don't want to see, like radical shifts the, the biggest radical shift would be like we introduced kingpin great i would love to see that be the big twist of the series when kingpin comes back and vincent Onofrio comes back that'd be really cool that, that, yeah, hands down that'd be the fantastic way to wrap it all up uh for me i i kind of just want because like i have a gut feeling this is the end for jeremy renner i could be wrong maybe they'll do more hawkeyes but i feel like this is it um so i hope he gets a nice send-off and that's just me being like, I mean, I, I hope the finale is like him coming to the door with his Christmas sweater on and seeing his family. So if that's the end of the series, that'd be great. You know, that'd be yeah, nice yeah, yeah. Like, like, I, I just, I don't, I don't see them in the MCU really going with more his stories. I um, mean, but, we might. I mean, have you seen Black Widow, the movie this summer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there was the Easter egg at the end of Black Widow, which implies that you know Florence Pugh is going to come after Hawkeye at some point. <sighs> So I don't know if we pull him back in that way. I mean, I, I hope I hope that's not that. how this series ends. Honestly, I just hope it ends a nice Christmas dinner for uh, Clinton family. And we worry about that next time or something. That's true. Okay, maybe I'm wrong then. If that's the case, then maybe this is just some. <laughs> At least give him a happy, family-friendly moment, as you mentioned. Um, but I, I I I will stress that I I do love the introduction of Kate Bishop. And oh, like yeah, right she's now, great. it's 
it's a it's so much a handing off of the torch to the next generation. And oh, I'm actually I, I will also- say she has one of my favorite tropes in comic book movies, where it's like they try and put the movie hero in the comic book costume kind of thing. Mm-hmm. She's at the diner and she's like, "You need branding. You need to here get a costume like this. It's purple and these are like wings around your eyes because Hawkeye." It's like, no. And this is, she draws this comic book costume, kind of sketches it out, and she's no, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> I think it's his actual costume. Too. Yeah, it is from the comics. It's like his actual like 1965 whatever costume from the Avengers or something. Which is amazing. Yeah, I do. So. I do like that Kate is on brand. I I like her cleverness. She she just yeah, yeah. feels like an actual like kid from this generation. I say that at, like kid, and I'm like she's only ten years younger than me. But yeah. Yeah, and uh. it's such a nice breath of fresh air because like she's someone who's like this is amazing. You get to do all this great stuff, and he's just like. Ugh. Yeah, that's the great thing about the younger gen is like yeah. she's excited. Like, and Peter, you know, he's he's super excited to be Spider Man. At least yeah. he was, and maybe he's more gruntled now. We'll see. Like Tom Holland's <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the, you really need that fresh that fresh generation of well, like. That's what I've always liked about Spider Man. His first thing is, I have powers. I'm gonna go make some money wrestling. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> uh, I mean, let's be honest. If we got superpowers. We would not use them for good. Not many of us would use them for good initially. It's just like you know what I would do if I had like I could predict the future is I would just make a lot of money. You'd be like Biff from Back to the Future is what you'd be. Yeah, we, we'd all be Biff. Is basically the reality. That's the real Disney Plus TV series. <laughs> Darkest timeline. Um, all right. Victor, thank you so much for guesting. Uh, can you tell guests uh, where they can find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at VG Catano, C-A-T-A-N-O. And you can find my books, The Tale and Trouble series, on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, anywhere you buy your eBooks online. All right, cool. And this is Christian. Um, you can find me here, The Work Prince and The Gamer and Tapor Player and making comics. I'm going to be making comics this year which is fun i have a team finally assembled and a lot of money that i'm paying but it's <laughs> totally you know the dream and stuff. excellent looking know. forward to it yeah thank you um and uh yeah uh for talking hawk i'm gonna call it that thank you for the title victor Great all right you. um talking hawk will be doing uh the remainder of the season i apologize for being late uh but you know life happens so. yes yeah, thanksgiving and stuff we had stuff going on it's all right yeah yeah it's like i love that it's here but i wish it wasn't holiday season when it did <laughs> Which is ironic because it's based on the holidays. But yeah. Um, And that's it. Uh, We'll have a guest for you next week. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And I hope everyone has a merry holiday. All right. And yeah. (laughs) All right. Take care. Uh, Okay.